You truly are. To this special episode of the Kings of Kings, this is Keith, joined by John, and we are uh, recording post Stadium Series game. Uh, so we've had a pre-game, a in-game podcast episode, and now we are following it up with the post-game episode. Um, Sean and I both were able to watch every minute of this game and. That's the first time this has happened in a while, so we can really dig our teeth into this game. Yeah, what did you what you think? Um, I was fortunate to be in attendance at the game, and so, I mean, we can talk just about the overall experience, but from a game standpoint, um, I thought the Kings played a great game. Uh, what did you call it? What did I call it? I think you called it um, a pretty straightforward Kings victory. They yeah. uh, looked good in the first, pretty dominant. Then um, the Sharks came roaring back in the second and, and definitely outplayed the Kings. But uh, we finished strong and got the winning goal. Yeah, I thought the third period was pretty even. Yeah, it was, yeah, and, and like the goal was, was kind of... Um, Soft. Well, yeah, it should have been saved, and it also was just like sort of broken play. Like it wasn't like the Kings had been controlling it in the zone for many minutes, like the first goal. You know, like that that goal just seemed inevitable. But the third goal was, or the the King, the King's second goal was kind of um, really strange. Well, let me ask you: Would you would you have been more pleased if Dwight King had scored on that kind of <laughs> breakaway that he had? Uh than if Marion Gabrick scored that goal? Yeah. Um, no, because A, I love Marion Gabrick. I like him a bit more than Dwight King. B, it just seems so fitting in like a big game that was like playoff implications and was sort of bigger than life itself. You know, it wasn't just an ordinary hockey game. It just seems so appropriate that Marion Gabrick would score and it would be the game winner. And also, like, I actually think Dwight King um, is is scoring well. You know, like, he's playing well. He's getting goals. And I think he could put that shot away, you know, the next time he has that, that chance. I've actually been kind of um, waiting for Marion Gabrick to get going. And I think that goal is actually, in a strange way, more important for Gabrick than it was for King. Like, Gabrick has not been scoring a lot of goals that he generates himself, I feel like. And um, for him to just take it, like, on his own, skate, and just blast a slap shot by Niemi it was beautiful, but it was also something... It said something about, like, you know, Gabrick is back. That's my thought. You? Do you think that goal was a product of the environment? Like, Because they were talking about the goalies... Both goalies were talking about maybe losing the puck in the lights... Or, like, everyone was kind of talking a little bit about the bad ice. I mean, was that a goal that Auntie Niemi would let in at Staples or SAP Center? It sounded like Niemi was 
not on his game, like from his comments, from I think comments of maybe the coaching staff, um, he said something about like the ability to pick up shots because of the background, you know, is very different. And I can understand that as a goalie, like what you're looking out into. Um, obviously it works both ways, but, um, yeah, I don't, I don't think, uh, that goal goes in, in an ordinary game. And like, I don't know if you saw McClellan's comments, but he also felt like in general, his players were playing differently, that they like came off the boards a split second too slow, that they were maybe caught up, like taking in the whole uh, arena. And maybe people, you know, would say different things if asked, but... Yeah, I, I read that. I, I, I interpreted that as just the Sharks sucking. <laughs> I interpret that as the Kings being in the Sharks' head. Um, yeah. And not the giant shark head that was transported from San Jose to the parking lot. Um, now, you, if, if memory serves, you were also at the Dodger Stadium game, right? I was. I was indeed. Um, how, would, how would you compare the two experiences? Well, um, unfortunately, we had some <laughs> complications. Uh, Matt and I were not able to get down as early as we liked there was uh, an injury involved with <laughs> someone falling down the stairs. Sorry, it's not funny. But um, we, we got off to a late start, and so I wasn't able to go into any of the, like, kind of pre-festivity um, world that they had created. Like, they had a whole, you know, parking lot section set up, and, like, you could shoot pucks, and there was food and drink, and there were things going on. Um, they did that at Dodger Stadium last year. It seemed like my, my friends were able to go, um, who joined me at the game and they, they said it was pretty fun. They got to like get their picture taken that the Sharks had. I think for, for a Kings fan, it would have probably been like, oh, this is like all about the Sharks and it's cool to see, but, um, I'm glad I, I'm glad I like, I came out for everything that happened at Dodger Stadium because that was a Kings game. Like, it, this barely felt like a Sharks game, you know, because it wasn't like the Dodger Stadium game, which was between two Southern California teams that could draw their fan bases from a relatively close area. Um, and I think in that game, you saw a lot of Ducks fans you saw a lot of just, like, general hockey fans, like, people just wearing random Toronto Maple Leafs or Detroit Red Wings, like, any jersey, just, like, it was, like, every, like, big hockey fan was just, like, this is a huge event, I want to try to go. And this game was, like, we were saying it felt like 80 to 90% hardcore Sharks fans, and then the rest were pretty much Kings fans. Like, it was not this sort of, like, let's celebrate hockey and kind of have this festival, oh, and there might be a game that gets played. It almost felt like this is like Sharks territory with this big experience to celebrate the Sharks, and um, there's a huge game on the line, and we're going to have these festivities, and then we're going to play like a really big, important hockey game. Um I don't know. I I mean, the game was literally a much bigger game. Dustin Brown said that. Like, last year's game, there wasn't as much on the line. Like, it wasn't played that late into the season. And, you know, they weren't 
both fighting for the last playoff spot, like in this scenario. So I really felt like this this was more just like a real hockey game that had a lot of cool stuff surrounding it versus the Dodger Stadium game, which was just like this huge event and hockey was a part of it, if that makes sense. Yeah, so in other words, you were not blown away by Melissa Etheridge. No, I completely stepped out and uh, recorded a podcast uh, with Dan during that intermission. No bigger, no bigger insult to an artist than have someone recording something while you're playing. <laughs> wow, I never thought of it that way. But uh, Matt, Matt, Matt said he uh, he begrudgingly had to had to tip his hat. Uh, he said she left it <laughs> all all, uh, all in the stadium. She really went all out. Um, <laughs> Actually, Matt had a great line, which unfortunately, you know, we did not get to record a second follow-up episode, but uh, he said, like, wow, <laughs> that was the, the most fun I've ever had in the Melissa Etheridge concert. <laughs> uh, meaning, of, meaning, of course, that there happened to be a King's Victory that sandwiched it. <laughs> um, So, yeah, um, I think we should do a, th- a, a patented uh, three-period breakdown of this game. Uh, yeah, why, I mean, why did we win? The, so, I'll, I'll win? take the first period. Uh, the the kind of salient standout thing, is that what it, wait, yeah, our first period is like, what was the main statistic or element that, that led to the outcome, right? Yeah, I, sure. Yeah. Neither one of us remember what it is when we're recording. But it is patented and it is ours, and we are delivering it to you. So the That's reason right. we won the reason we won this game was because this this hockey game had a number of like momentum shifts in which teams controlled chunks of the game, and it really felt like the ice was kind of just tilted at sometimes. Like essentially, all the the dominance seemed to occur at one end of the ice. Like when the, in the first period, a lot of the Kings best opportunities um, and their goal came on one side of the ice. I, I felt like it got kind of even. And then the Sharks had maybe like the last few minutes and they scored their goal. And then in the second period, the Sharks really dominated. And again, that was the same side of the ice. And the big difference was that the Kings just know how to weather, you know, storms and, I think were able to endure, you know, and and make big saves when they needed to. And the difference for the Sharks is that, like, they just didn't get the big saves when they needed to. Or, um, in general, like, they didn't have enough times of dominance when it counted. You know, like, they didn't have, I, I felt like, huge stretches in the third period when they really needed it to, to play... Um, above the king's level like there were parts where the king, where the sharks were were dominating for for little bits but i felt like the third period was maybe split or tilted to the kings and um the sharks just really needed to come out harder in the third period and they didn't That's... did it did it seem like there was a, like a, 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 a huge amount of icings especially in the first period like when the kings yes. were really yes definitely that... did Okay, is that a factor of the ice quality? I bet I bet they would say that, yeah. Um, 
I don't really know though. Uh, let me ask you, did it look different on TV? Not aside from like when you would see the whole stadium, but like, did the game feel like it was getting played differently? And were the camera angles the same? Uh, the camera angles were a little different, but I mean, this is probably the fourth or fifth outdoor game that mm. I watched. And they all have the same vibe where, again, like I was just like asking about the, the, the icings. That happens a lot, now that I'm thinking about it, it happens a lot in every outdoor game because the ice quality just deteriorates. It seems like it deteriorates faster. And that's gets, like literally true. Yeah, it, it yeah. does. So, you, I mean, you're going to get a lot less like nice passing plays or, or little cute. Or clean zone entries. If you're, you're gonna get or clean zone exits. There's there's just no there's no cleanliness to be had. So it's all just throwing the puck at the net, which which is exactly why you get the Brent Burns goal and why you get the Marion Gabbert goal because it's just or just, the first goal of the Kings was throwing it at the net. Yeah, absolutely. But so, I, I and I and I think like that kind of play I was realizing benefits the Kings more than the Sharks. Like the Sharks have the sort of offensive creativity and. Can, can make really pretty passing and, you know, kind of beat you with finesse. And I think the characteristic of a Kings team in general is more like get it, dump it, forecheck, cycle, make things happen, maybe sl- in somewhat unconventional or sloppier ways. Like this is the kind of game that you could see the Kings or the Blues excelling at and maybe the Blackhawks or the penguins having a less um you know their game would be less appropriate for this kind of game i would agree blue collar hockey sean period two um what players stood out on both sides for you robin 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 or gear is that what i just heard i'm i'm tagging out come here babe <laughs> we're doing the second period great <laughs> breakdown what player from both teams, from either team, stood out to you? In, in either a good way or a bad way? And, and you can say Marion Gabbert. I already heard you talking about my Marion. <laughs> Your Marion. Don't call him that. <laughs> uh, I go with Hi, Robin. Hi. I go with Brent Burns from the Sharks. I'm so excited. I watched Epics, and so I, I'm a fan of Brett Burns now. Uh, I know. That's the problem. It like hu- humanizes these enemies. <laughs> although although I can honestly say that I hate Joe, Thor- Joe Thornton more now than I did before. So that's <laughs> going to make him cry. Oh my god. Apparently everything's going to make him cry. Is it is it me or does it look like Joe Thornton's about to burst into tears every time he speaks? It's possible. Wait, did you see the third epic se- episode with um, Joe Pavelski? Yeah, and his... A horrible really? locker room talk. It's a terrible speech. I didn't feel compelled to do anything at all. I didn't feel uplifted. It inspired him. Yeah, apparently. I feel like like only... They, they just had to use that because he wound up scoring and leading them to victory. But, like, I wonder how many times he does those rallying cries and then they go and lay an egg because... I really didn't feel inspired by that speech. Keith, I would, I would like to hear your inspiring rally cry. Go. Oh, we're going to have to just do a whole podcast of our, our own intermission uh, attempted rallying speeches. Coming to you in July 2015 after we win the Cup. Thank you. You know what 
I would love to hear. Uh, Justin Williams apparently gave a very stirring speech uh, in game before Game Six in 2012 against the Devils when mm. we won the. Mm. And uh, I would love, I would love to hear that speech. Well, well, since we're on the epics discussion, um, have have you Did been? I in... got off answering the question about the second. No, I I, I don't mind talking about epics because like. Now that the Kings have won, which I was really, I just was almost certain that we were going to lose this game. This is this is sort of just like a bonus that we won the game. I had already kind of planned for wow. our loss. I really just was not confident we would win it. Because it felt like a very Kings thing to do, to win like six straight, to be like looking really good, to go in against this rival team, and then lose a huge game in front of everybody. Um, but instead we're on a seven game win streak. So now I like am so excited to see the the like epics finale, of, uh-huh. where it's just like, the the sort of storylines that they were weaving, which is like the sharks are stumbling and tumbling as they go into this game, and the kings are totally ascendant, like, oh my goodness, I can't wait to see how they spin this last. And and it's oh sorry go ahead. Ben. Well, I just want to say I can't remember specifically when. But there was a moment I turned to Sean during the game and said, we've got this. That at that point, I saw a shift either in there. It was not that you can see their eyes, but you can feel that they had a different mentality. And I, and I turned to Sean and I said, we, we got this. Well, also before the score had been two, one. Yeah. It was beginning of the third. But it's also like you can see it in, in, in just the body language of the Sharks, both just on the ice during the game we were watching last night and mm-hmm. on on the show that they just they they seem in the way that the king the king seemed unfazed by by losing, the Sharks seem phased by it. They seem yes. dead in their head. They seem really sad. They don't have there's no there's no park and ride mentality. No, no park and ride at all. But I was going to say what I love about it one of the things I love most about this victory is that it's the perfect cap, like you were saying, to the series, in that also the series began in the first episode with the Kings losing to the Sharks. It's the first game. Right. And it's going to end the Kings. our season began with us losing. Well, it's it's not going to end. I love that they're the last team we play in the regular season. Is it? This year? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Wow. That's really... That's that's they should just keep this epic thing going. I mean, clearly we're gonna win the Stanley Cup again, so you just need to keep taping us. I'd like to point out that this is the man saying that that sent a text just a few weeks ago saying that this. I stand by it. What did I say? I'll have to look it up. But basically, you you declared the season over. I don't think I would have said that. <laughs> Back, you guys carry I'm on. pretty sure. I'm pretty sure my words were, "Oh God, all I ask for is that we make the playoffs this year. That's all I need." Do you know what our uh, percentage is right now to make the playoffs? Sixty-five percent. That's pretty good. I don't. Oh, that was. That's not knowledge. That's a, a guess. I guess. I mean, even still, I, you're probably... we were we were at sixty per sixty-one percent before the game started. I remember you quoting to me, I can't remember the exact number, but like if we won this game, we would go up to 68. If we lost, we'd go down to like 45 or something. Well, and that was before, I think, the Calgary loss and the Vancouver loss. 
So oh, yeah. we, cause we're actually in third place now of our division. We're not even. I'm say with the ducks stumbling as bad as they are, who knows? Who knows? I mean, Dowdy even said like we're probably not going to finish first, but we definitely feel like we could take second in our division, which is interesting. Yeah. Um, did you? Speaking of body language, did you see the very last moments of the game? Um, there's like a close shot. Drew Dowdy checks a, like Joe Thornton off the puck or something, and then the the horn buzzes. And Dowdy just, like, does a classic Drew Dowdy, like, flip out. And Quick does, like, you know, like a fist pump. But he's in a goalie gear, so it's not nearly as, like, obvious. And they just both, like, leap into each other's arms. It was, like, it was such this cool, like, exuberance for, like, a really big victory on a big stage. And uh, I feel like you don't always see that. It was just, like, awesome to see Dowdy jump into to Quick. The last time I saw that... June 11th, 2012. Um, it actually reminded me more of May 3rd year, uh, Game 7 victory over the Blackhawks when Drew Tally slams the glass. And then falls <laughs> and then down. Falls, off the, falls over the bench. Yeah. It really looked like that. Classic Dowdy. Um, so that's my standout player, Drew Dowdy. Uh, so that, that covers period two. Um, what was the, any, any downside to this game? Any silver lining or gray, gray cloud that hung over it? Well, again, I think it's hard to, to pick out, like, again, like you're saying, the Sharks are very dominant in the second period, but it's hard, it's hard to really pick out, like, anything that was really poor because it's such a unique circumstance that, like, oh, we should have been passing better or we could have gotten better shots or better chances, but it's, like, so much of that, like we were talking about, is contingent on the, the quality of the ice and that kind of things that it's hard to really pick apart anything we did wrong. I, I mean, the, the goal that Brent Burns scored was a little soft. But again, who knows if Quick is, you know, is locked the puck yeah. in, in, in whatever. I don't yeah, know. I heard that his reaction, people thought, was might have been too slow to that puck, too. So, I don't know. But he got, he got a piece of it. And there was, like, broken sticks everywhere. It was a weird play. Yeah. Um, I also Wait. thought McBain and McNabb played decent. I'm... I'm getting more and more comfortable with them, um, and I, I think, you know, they're they're getting a lot of power play time, which is interesting. So. We met a Jordan Nolan fan. <laughs> at the bar. Because he's he certainly is not sitting next to you. <laughs> no, I, he's been playing really really well. The, I, that was... I got him to say. That was I, if I if I go back to our second period analysis and had to pick one player, oh come I would on! Have to pick, I'd have to pick the entire fourth line. Like, what about yeah? What about Kyle Clifford? I mean, yeah, everywhere last night. That was a and that was a skillful deflection. Like it wasn't just like, you know, it went off his butt. Like he definitely waved and redirected that in the net. So, way to go, yeah. Kyle. I, I I like Kyle Clifford a lot. I think he's played really well most of the season and. I'm. I, he just feels like the type of king I like that is going to get traded. I, I have a worry he's going to get traded. But yeah. no armchair GMing this, this discussion. We'll just keep it solely on this game. Um, Robin, was there anything about this game that was somewhat disheartening that, that gave you um, any worry? 
He just walked away. What? <laughs> Robin! That's all right. That's okay. Um, let her go. Let it go. So We're asking you the third period question. Was there... I'm not was, good at breaking down and knowing no, what moments happened in what moment. Was there any part of the game that seemed like uh, a gray cloud in an otherwise sunny sky? No, no, because I, I agree. This game is so unique. Um, all the conditions are... They're not going to be replicated. Yeah, it's so... So, yeah. Yeah. Great victory. I mean, I, we even had a new way of watching the game ourselves, so... <laughs> That's true. Yeah, we put we put it up on our projector this time. It was great. Oh, that's awesome. Um, I so, so I think I think this game is an anomaly in that sense. Is, no. is it also an anomaly in that you will never project another game on the big screen? That is not true. <laughs> we shall project from here on out. Purchased. Excellent. Um, I just wanted to mention one other thing, which was. I know the downside. Oh, yes. We, the fans were so far away that we didn't get to see Chris Sutter dancing. <laughs> was he there? I did not know if he was there. I imagine he would be there. I mean, does he? He doesn't go on every road game, does he? I don't think so. But this, as we've said, wasn't any road game. <laughs> that's true. Melissa Etheridge was playing. Oh my goodness! Yeah, that's what I want to say. That was it. Their entertainment. <laughs> John Fogarty was great. Yeah. yeah, I have to say that being in the arena, huh. all of the sound was like over a second delayed from the video feed. So whenever there'd be anybody interviewed or someone was singing, it like you're like either they're lip syncing or something is off because the sound just didn't wasn't synchronized, and it got really annoying because for some reason they were using the mega speakers to play the like sounds of the ice and play on the ice so like every um shot and board and skating you know noise it was literally happening it wasn't like they were playing fake effects but it was all like two seconds delayed and so everything just sounded so incongruous with what was happening and it's like you don't do that at, at a normal game like people just are there listening to the the rink and and you could hear enough of it like you didn't need that amplification so it was actually really annoying. Um, That's a weird choice. Yeah. And it was only coming out of one end of the stadium, so you it was, like, not stereo. It was, like, it was all happening to one side. So it was even stranger, actually. But um, that's, that's my complaint. Blah, blah, blah. What I'm not complaining about is our victory. Um, because as much as I like to just pretend, like, oh, it's just another two points... This game meant a lot to me. It meant a lot in the sort of like, I think, bragging rights perspective of Kings and Sharks. And as we've discussed, the biggest rival of the Kings is not the Ducks. It is not the Vancouver Canucks. I believe it is the San Jose Sharks. I would agree with you. And, and more importantly, I would imagine all the players would agree with you. Yeah, it's true. And they and this is a team they actually don't like. And so ever since they beat us in 2010-11 on our home ice in the playoffs, we have embarrassed them the following year by winning the cup before them, then beat them in Game 7 
to knock them out of the playoffs the following year, then crushed their souls by coming back from a 3-0 deficit to win in the opening round and then take our second Stanley Cup. And now we've beat them in their their one showcase to the rest of the hockey universe, which is their outdoor game. I'm, I'm liking this decade of dominance. And, and not only did we do it in front of all their fans, we're doing it also in a documentary series. <laughs> it's true. In, in posterity, so people can go back and watch it. Yeah. Um, but the Dodger Stadium game was almost equally painful to me because I felt like a lot of pride and ownership. Like I, It was like L.A., and it was, you know, the, the Kings playing in their home baseball team's park that I also love, and it was just like... It was like, okay, now's our chance to, like, assert ourselves and to win this huge game. And it wasn't just that we, like, lost a good game. Like, I felt we got, like, embarrassed. It was a 3-0 shutout. It hurt so bad. I felt like like losing a playoff game. It felt really hard. And I think I said to my dad, I was like, this is awful. Like, the only thing that can make, like, that can truly, like, address this this ill from this season is if we win the cup at this point like it felt like nothing else would salvage that season which is funny and not that we have to get into that game but like looking back at that game we didn't play terribly in that game either we played pretty say that yeah i don't know it just it was hard because there's nothing to really cheer for when you don't score a goal right oh absolutely so but now we've won this outdoor game so we've gotten that that chased yeah i gotta run i know you do too it's a beautiful sunny day here in california in the north it's pouring rain in the south how ironic is it really yeah well you guys can use it um so this is keith signing off deshaun signing off robin come sign off (laughs) you need to log out of your account Go Kings. Go Kings, go. Go Kings! Hello, everybody. Um, welcome to the bonus session, the overtime period, if you will, of the Kings of Kings. Um, we are in our post-game wrap-up, and I'm joined again by uh, special correspondent Matt. Matt, how are you? I'm fantastic, Keith. Thanks for having me. Of course. Thankfully, the Kings didn't need overtime tonight against the Sharks. <laughs> right. Uh, so... Um, in a row, baby. Now we uh, <laughs> now Matt, you either uh, got you know really you know nipped by this podcasting bug and and couldn't wait to come back for more, or you maybe perhaps wanted to to finally talk about hockey in a non legal context, but um, you know you're back. Well, it's a little it's a little calm A, it's a little calm B, but but honestly, what I really want to talk about is Melissa Etheridge. <laughs> Like, 
I was just treated tonight to a Melissa Etheridge concert with a little decent hockey in between. <laughs> Do you feel like you, you went to a Melissa, Ether ho- Melissa Etheridge concert and a hockey game broke out? That. To use the, I mean, uh, I just—I yeah. mean, I feel like I'm just channeling my my inner my inner Melissa. She took a piece of my heart. Um, you know, she she must have inspired the Kings because they were winning the game. Or I'm sorry, they were tied and uh, were really getting it taken to them. I have to admit, by the Sharks in that second period, I think. The Sharks outshot them like 14-6. to six. They had a lot of good chances. Um, you know, it was looking like the tides perhaps were turning to the bay. Uh, and then the Kings yeah, came out. Yeah, I think it was the second period when they hit a post, too. Yeah, yeah, that. And, I mean, it's, it's already been a couple hours, so my memory's a little faded. <laughs> but, but, yeah, I remember we were talking about we were, we were glad to get out of the period with the tie. Um, but, you know, that's, that's California hockey, baby. That's it's, right. uh, it's not going to be one-sided. It's going to be an all-out clash of titans, if you will. Indeed. Well, <laughs> I do like the fact that if we check the tape, um, you did predict the, the, that the Kings are going to romp all over the Sharks in a blowout. But, um, you know, one way or the other, we'll take, we'll take the two points. Especially considering it stayed out of overtime, which is what I had predicted. Um, very well, glad. Well, you did. I didn't realize that Melissa Etheridge was going to fire up uh, the hometown, hometown crowd. And the Sharks really fed off that, uh, <laughs> that Etheridge energy. And I would have I, I predicted 2-1 Kings if you had given me the accurate facts ahead of time. So I, I well, blame you for my faulty prediction. I, you know, I think we really need to credit CCR's uh, John Fogarty for reinvigorating his local boys, the San Jose Sharks. Apparently, he came out as a Bay Area native between the first and second periods and um, really, uh, you know, energized the, the, the San Jose team. Because that, that was when they came out strong, was after hearing, you know, Bad Moon Rising and uh, Just Around the Bend. Well, I think, I think Fogarty was okay, but I think what it was was to put a taste in their mouth, and they were hungering for the, the Melissa that was coming a short 20 minutes of hockey away. Are you saying he was the blood in the water that really got the, the sharks buzzing? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good... Yeah, I, I, like, I like that. I like metaphors. Um, so, as a, as a personal attendant of, of the Stadium Series event, you have been to hockey games in arenas. You've been to the Stable Center with me. Um, how did how and did the this? And the Great Western Forum. And the Great Western Forum. Yeah, we've been, we've been through the L.A. Uh, Kings history. What, uh, what stuck out to you about the game? I mean, what obviously there was an outdoor ex- difference. So what what sort of differences uh, struck you? Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, I mean, it was really just good, 
good hockey, and he kind of forgot that you were inside a stadium. Um, and, you know, the, the, the biggest thing for me, and we talked about it, is whenever the Kings scored a goal, I almost I almost questioned whether the puck went in because there's no noise. You know, the Sharks fans obviously have nothing to cheer for. Right. And you could, you could feel the silence in the... Uh, Right. Although, when the Sharks scored, it was kind of silent. I felt like no one noticed, or, you know, you just had that distance. Like, a goal is kind of a hard detail. I don't think there was, like, even the, you know, red lights behind the the goals to indicate, so... That might be part of it, or maybe maybe the red light was in the... I mean, either way, you didn't have some, an official sitting right behind the goal... Right. Controlling the red light, so you had that you had that delay. So you had to find the official on the ice to to score the goal. Um, and you're right that that sometimes that caused the delay. But uh, I mean, it was a it was an incredible stadium. Well, uh, I think well, I think we should should just kind of wrap it up here um, with a nice succinct uh, episode. But um, any closing thoughts? Um, both of the you game know, or moving forward. I I'm gonna I'm gonna offer a prediction right now. Detroit <laughs> is gonna have a tough game down in Anaheim. We get them at home off the second night of a back to back. I I'm gonna give you a score, Matt. Give you give you a, give me a predicted score. Yeah, we're, <laughs> we're gonna hold. We're gonna win it one nil. One nil. I'm, I'm going soccer on you with nil. Uh, and the Kings are gonna go eight in a row. I I feel very comfortable. Offering that prediction. <laughs> Don't have me back on this podcast if I'm wrong. <laughs> All right. That's well, how old I am. Well, um, I'm glad we've looked into the future because um, you never know when when I'll next be able to both get you on the podcast or even uh, you know get to see you again up in the Bay Area. It may take the 2016 season. Um, <laughs> yeah, we got a playoff run ahead of us. Exactly. All right, Matt. Well. Um, be safe uh, on your continued travels, and I will see you down the road. All right, I'll see you. Thank you for having me. Excellent.